Hello and welcome to season two, episode nine of To the Studio. We have Anna Lieber Lewis on the podcast this week. Anna's practice is both intuitive and instinctive. Her paintings are about the physical body and an internal landscape. They balance personal, sensual, and complex narratives with direct and often confrontational imagery. She graduated from the RCA in 2015 and holds a BA from Central St. Martins. In 2017, she won the Griffin Art Prize and the Young Contemporary Talent Prize, supported by the Ingram Collection. She's been shortlisted for several prizes, including the London Group in 2013, where she was presented with a prize by Frank Bowling. In 2019, her show Muscle Memory at Elephant West in London saw a collaboration with the musician and friend Kieran Hebden, also known as Fortet, drawing on grief, movement, vibration and memory. Anna describes painting as attitude. Painting serves as a physical intelligence and makes the most sense when described in relation to the body and often comes out of chaos. Her Ukrainian grandmother used to say, if it wasn't all lies, it would be truth. It's an excess of energy that if given the chance might hit or fuck you. It's about marks and scale and surface and form and colour and how those things affect you. She was starting a residency at City and Guilds Art School before lockdown and upcoming shows include a group show at the Hestercombe Gallery in Somerset and a two-person show in a new gallery in Amsterdam with painter Ansel Crutz. I chatted with Anna about her relationship with music, how the physical act of dancing has affected her studio rituals, her lifelong friendship with Kieran Hebden, not agonising over the intellectual implications of words and being brave with your explorations. So thank you very much for listening. Here's our chat. Hey Anna, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for agreeing to come on and have a chat. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really flattered. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Um, I know you've been a bit kind of up and down with illness recently. How are you how are you getting on at the moment? How are you finding things? Oh, it's just boring. I've just had some kind of long term health issues that uh, flare up every now and then. Um but it's fine, you know. It's we're all in a, in a bit of a weird space right now, aren't we? With mm. with the madness in the world. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right. Good, good. How are you coping with with Corona? How am I coping? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought that the time I got to spend at home could be I could all all spend it on 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 making and on drawing and and things like that. But I found that actually I it's kind of the opposite um, that I kind of I'm, I'm really struggling to kind of get my mind in the in, in the frame of mind that I, I need to be in to make work um, I've been able to draw it a little bit but it's um yeah it hasn't been hasn't been easy on, on the creative side of things that's for sure no it's really hard to stay motivated isn't it I mean I've, I've been working at home as well um, I mean, I think I probably could go to the studio. I've just had my MOT done in my car, so I could probably drive there <laughs> yeah. and be anyone. But, um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of like a collective consciousness of anxiety, isn't it? It's quite hard to overcome. 
Um, I was doing all right with work on paper for a while, but um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of staring into the distance and, and the day just goes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, do, you find, do you find you need to structure your day in order to be productive? Um, well, I've had a bit of a weird year, I think, um, and I have really struggled with, with structure and and trying to be productive actually um and i go through phases where there's no structure and a lot of panic and then i i rein it in i think i, I probably work better with structure when when i first started out painting before i went to the royal college when i returned to painting um my son was quite small so i'd paint between you know school hours and and actually that limitation that structure of that was really really helpful because it kind of focused myself um and in the same in the same kind of way i think drawing on paper at home when it's worked has been good because i've only been using black ink and there's mm. something really freeing in in limitations so yeah if i'm having a good day i think structure is good you know try doing all the things that work really, you know, doing a bit of exercise, trying mm. to get up in the morning, trying to be in nature a bit, all of those things are true, you know, they, they, mm. they do work, um, mm. but it's not always easy. I'm very good at self-sabotage. <laughs> um, so have you always lived in London then? Um, you mentioned that you that you studied at the Royal College and before that you were, at, you studied at Wimbledon and St. Central St. Martins, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm a Londoner. It's really boring. It's like everyone that you meet at art college comes from really great exotic places, and everyone goes off in the holidays and has great times. And I just stay here. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I went to Wimbledon for my foundation and um, went to St Martin's, but I had like a two and a half year detour in in Newcastle University. Oh really? Um, yeah, I started off there. Um, I'm a bit of an extreme character when it comes to making decisions. I think I split <laughs> up from a boyfriend, and I was like, "Right, I'm going to Newcastle. That's where I'm going to go." Um, and didn't really think it through, and missed London, and got depressed, <laughs> and probably should have stayed there, but I did, I couldn't hack it. So um, I remember ringing up. Central St Martin saying, "Please, like, take me." It was it was in the middle of a, I think, the second year. And they said, "Okay, we'll come down for an interview." And uh, I drove down, and the car had been leaking fumes without me realizing. And I oh. got there, and my head was throbbing. Mm. And the guy who interviewed me was really rude, and I ended up telling him to go fuck himself. And I got in. <laughs> So, so yeah, that was that was great, and, <laughs> um, and then I had a long hiatus between BA and MA. Mm. Were you painting at Central Mines, or was it Shandong? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it was at the end of the nineties, and painting was dead. Yeah. So I did try. Mm. Like I went in painting, um, and actually at, at Wimbledon, I was in the sculpture department. Funnily enough, mm. but um, but yes, I've been painting at Newcastle. I went in painting, but it was really, really hard to to kind of hold your position with painting there. Mm. Um, and I ended up coming out with <laughs> video installation. I think my final show was. Mm. 
I spent a lot of time doing two machine edits, which don't really exist anymore. Mm. Um, and, and I really wasn't kind of taking it too seriously when I was there. It was it was a funny time. There were lots of really great tutors like um, Jeremy Della, uh, but but they were all um, and Adam Trodsko, and they're all really inspiring. But mm. I think they were really starting to, you know, become famous, or you know, their, their work was really taking off. So. Yeah. It felt difficult to get a tutorial at St. Martin, so it's frustrating. Mm. Um, but Rakeem Shaw was in my year, and he was, he was mm. uh, I think he was probably one of the few people who managed to hold their position with painting mm. um, when I was studying. But no, no, I, I, I completely kind of dropped it for a while, which was a shame. I should have kind of stuck to my guns, but easily led. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then how how long did you, you took quite a while to 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 make the decision then to to go study again at the Royal College? Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what kind of fueled that decision? Um, and because that was, cause you, you studied you studied painting right there. Yeah, I was desperate. Um, I think having quite a few years in the wilderness as a single parent mm. and uh, I had an epiphany one day. I mean, I did I did lots of things that were creative in between mm. um, and kind of was still had a very loose practice. I did have a studio for a little while after St. Martin's, but I kind of got sucked into managing community art outreach projects yeah. for charities. And I got quite excited about trying to bring artists together and curate shows and you know I, I kind of had this this 10-year period of doing fairly interesting stuff that engaged me but I was you know my my own practice was never really front and center mm. and um and then I think after kind of having a kid having quite a few hard knocks <laughs> in life mm. and um I, I, I was running these programs and supporting other artists and it just dawned on me one day that, you know, I wanted to be that artist. Mm. Why, why wasn't I doing it? Um, and so I think, yeah, it was just desperation. I, you know, I'd, I'd done all sorts of things. I, I'd done a PGC to teach and um, kept, I guess, not really listening to who I am possibly. And, um, and then there was this just this kind of epiphany where I I remember the day it was just like I, I have to paint, and um, and my parents actually gave me a room in their house to use as a studio, mm. and I was working a really poxy job at the time because I I knew I was wanting to go towards being an artist in some way, but I knew if I continued with the full time work I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So I think I was working as a um, teaching assistant because I, I got the PGCE but decided I didn't want to teach um, and then was working as a teaching assistant. I was, again, fairly in quite a low place and once I started painting, I just couldn't stop. It was compulsive. Mm. So I think for, for about a year, I was just vomiting paintings. <laughs> it was just... And, and, I, and again, I, I kind of got off on the restrictions. I got off on the fact that I was working in a small room 
you know, that had to keep fairly tidy. I decided on one um, sized canvas. So it was almost like A4 paper. And I was just churning out still lives that turned into weird things. Um, And then applied to the Royal College, got in straight away and got a full scholarship. So it was all like, whoa, okay, (laughs) I'm doing this. Um, So, yeah. That's that's it in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. How was how was your experience there then? Um, was it? Did you continue to make the same work? Did it did it shift a lot when when you were at the Royal College? Um, yeah, it shifted a lot because of scale. I think when I got there, I was just so pleased to be there. I was so happy. Like I was so. It was just this huge emancipation, you know. I was it just felt so freeing. Um, it felt really, really comedy because art school hadn't really changed, and you know, there was still a lot of ego, and the tutors seemed so similar. And it, so it just, it just felt so comedy. It felt like going back in time, and I think the the kind of combination of having to kind of be in the the kind of juxtaposition of being collecting my son at the school gates and talking to mums and then going to the Royal College mm. and chatting to awkward art students was just so deliciously brilliant. I loved it. Um, and I think whilst I was there, I someone was chucking away a large stretcher, so I nabbed it, having not really painted very big in the past. Mm. And... Um, and that just that that just really opened things up for me. I realised that actually painting for me is a very physical thing, um, and it became. I don't know. I, I started to really see the connection between painting and being in my body. It, I, I started to feel like painting was a bit like sex mm. or something. You know, it was. It was um, very physical, and I enjoyed the shift in scale. Um, but, but to be honest, I I felt like I had a lot of catching up to do. You know, it was I felt like I hadn't really been painting for long enough to really know what I was doing, and I just wanted to try things out. And mm. you know, I, for a while, I took color out, and I was only painting black on black, and then I put all the color back in, and so I was just kind of messing around as much as possible I was just so happy to to play so yeah it was it was a great experience I mean I can imagine it being frustrating for lots of people I think I did look at it with eyes knowing if I wasn't here as an older person with a kid Mm. and if it you know if I'd had to have been paying for it so I think I, I would have had a different viewpoint but actually it just felt brilliant how was it for you for me, <laughs> um, it was it was the it was the it was one of the best things I've ever done, um, but also one of the hardest too. Um, I think I got so much out of the people on the course and the tutors there, um, and my work shifted through so many different gears um, when I was there. Um, it's taken me a bit of a while actually now to start to come to terms with what actually happened. I think. Um, it was such a whirlwind when yeah. I was there. I found it really fast-paced, and um, I was comparing myself to a lot of other people, which wasn't particularly helpful. But I think it's it's hard not to when you're in that kind of incubated environment. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really regret. Um, I mean, the one regret is that I just didn't spend enough time with people because I was so overstretched as a single parent. Yeah. So when I was there, I just needed to make and um, and I just couldn't do a lot of the socialising. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that there's a sadness in that. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think it takes a really, really, really long time to process things. Mm. Um, yeah. When did you leave? What, what was the year? Me. Um, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. I think it was 2018. 2018 okay. was the year I left. So two two years ago. It might have been 17. That's bad. Um, but yeah, I, I, it hasn't been too long. It hasn't been too long, really, still. It's only, it's only a few years. Yeah. Yeah, well, it doesn't feel too long for me either. It's 15. But yeah, it goes fast. Time oh, is fast. Yeah, yeah, so much. So much so. Has your work kind of... And has it continued the same trajectory since since the Royal College, would you say? Um, well, like I said before, you know, I, I think I react to things. You know, I I was looking at the, the male body a lot when, when I was there. Mm. And then as soon as I left, I flipped it. And was looking at the female body and um and then i had a reaction to that you know i think I, I each body of work is never really conscious but i think having looked back on it there's the the, the body of work that carries on from there is is always a bit of a reaction mm. um rather than a continuation i mean i think the dream is you know i'd love to end up and be agnes martin you know <laughs> i'd love to have a trajectory that that feels you know, centred, mm. um, but I have quite a short attention span, and also I'm, I'm keen to keep challenging myself in different yeah. ways. So you know, I I never, I don't have a way of working particularly, mm. um, and it's only recently. You know, it's just funny that you're talking about taking a long time to process things. I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm not painting as much at the moment, and. Um, just before the lockdown, I got a residency at City and Gills, and actually, I was making stuff that wasn't painting. I was having a bit of a break from painting, yeah. so I'm I'm starting to actually almost embrace the conceptual training of St Martin's mm. a little bit more now. Although I feel, you know, I am a painter. I definitely mm. made that decision, <laughs> um, but but yeah, starting to allow little things little interests to come in and, and also realise that actually I'd quite like my work to go out into the world in, in other ways, mm. you know, and, and ways that are affordable and, um, you know, interact with, with different different things like mm. fashion or music. Mm. So I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I, I, I think there will be a trajectory once I look back at it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm often kind of pushing up against the last body of work or, you know, trashing it and starting again. Yeah. So how, how much of your work would you say is based in kind of instinct and intuition? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, um, it's, it's, it very much is, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think every painter that I admire, I mean, it's funny because um, this might be a bit of a... Uh, you know, um, I can't think of the word. A detour. <laughs> detour, that's the word. <laughs> um, but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think talking about art is hard, you know, so so me doing this is feels like a continuation and pushing myself yeah. a little bit out of my comfort zone. And I think, you know, all the artists I really, really admire talk well about their work or write well about their work and... Um, what was your question? I've completely lost. Sorry, um, I said how much uh, how much of your work um, is based in intuition or instinct? Yeah. So so um, sorry. Yeah. So so I think everyone that I really admire actually, when they boil it down, they do talk about painting as intuition. It's funny during this time of lockdown, I've gone back to reading. You know, the old classic Philip Guston book of um, <laughs> of writing, and he you know, he just talks about it so so well and there's no pretense in the same way as Mary Heilman might do or I've just bought Carol Durham's latest book on writing and it's just so brilliant when you come across other painters who can articulate that intuitive side yeah. of, of working um, and so yeah so it, it's mainly intuitive and and um, it ebbs and flows with whatever's going on in my life. I mean, mm. I think it's, I've always kicked against the autobiographical side of things and always been quite a private person and not really wanted to reveal too much about that side of things. But but the older I get, the harder it is to, to deny that. Mm. Um, but I mean, you know, as you know, painting is, is so nuanced and so difficult in many ways um that that's only one side of it but but yes i mean i think i when i paint i want to be feeling a certain way mm. um and it's important to be in a certain space when i paint i'm, I'm happiest when i lose myself in painting yeah. you know um so yeah that that's that's the good stuff that's the stuff that you're addicted to mm. You know, it's it's very addictive um, that working with intuition. Because mm. um, it's, it's a real way. Yeah, because I've, I guess, going along the same lines, recently in in your work that I've seen, there's been notions of kind of rhythm and theatre and movement and and sound, um, and they that those they seem to be quite quite prevalent. Um, kind of what yeah. what is your relationship to well with music? And, and 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 dance is it quite a physical process as well painting for you yeah no for sure you know when i started painting big at the royal college that's where where i realized that's where it was all coming from and you know it does feel quite a, a primal thing it does feel like um you know an urgent painting for me has always been quite urgent so so yeah i mean last a uh, couple of years ago i just started reminiscing about my teenage years and the club scene that I was involved in and you know my pre my playlist went back to <laughs> those those days yeah. and um and so I guess memory and and the memory of the physical act of dancing became important and you know just actually the whole ritual of getting to the studio was based around that you know I'd I, I was definitely working quite well at that time. I, yeah, I was working towards a show, so mm. I had a focus and getting up and putting the tunes on in the car as I drove to the studio was part of the ritual of making. Mm. And then once I got there, 
you know, just, I mean, you know what it's like putting on your painting outfit and uh, stepping into that space mm. um, was so much easier with music. Because um, I think before then I'd been very driven by writers. I'd been reading a lot of um, Bratis Nellis again, which I'd read in my teenage years. So that was, I guess I was just stuck. I feel like I'd yeah. almost had a stunted development, but I needed to revisit that area, that time in my life. And, um, and yeah, physically moving was, was very important. Rhythm, repetition, all of that. Mm. And it was nice because I, um, uh, I did a show with, with a friend of mine who's a musician and, there was a nice rhythm to that as well, where we'd be in touch with each other and he'd send me music and I'd send him an image. So, um, yeah, does that answer it? Yeah, no, that's that's a great answer. Because I was, I was going to ask you about, about that show too. Um, uh, muscle, uh, muscle Memory, wasn't it, at Elephant West? Yeah. Um, I think it's probably be good to talk a bit about that. If I, I know it was about a year ago. Um, yeah. But could you yeah talk about kind of that show a little bit and how it was how it was working collaboratively towards a show? Yeah, I mean it's funny though. I mean you say it takes a long time to um, to work things through. I, I think I'm still kind of reeling from that because it, it came at such a difficult time in my life. Um, we'd we'd set the show up, it, it, it was an idea that I'd had, you know, I'd, I, because music was coming into my work mm. so much more, you know, I'd been talking to my friend Kieran, aka Fortet, um, and we were talking about our teenage years because we used to ha hang out together a lot <laughs> yeah. as teenagers, and it just came naturally out of a conversation. It just so happened that Elephant West was uh, putting their programme together, and I'd uh, recently won... The Griffin Art Prize, um, and there was a connection between Elephant and Griffin Gallery. Um, so it all happened very organically. So it was a very weird time uh, because we got the green light on that, um, and it was very exciting. Me and Kieran had a particular vision, and it was going to be, you know, quite a decadent um, experience. We, it mm. was, you know, it, it was going to be much more. Um, hedonistic than it turned out to be because Kieran's father died and then my dad died oh, a few months later and it was a really really heavy time oh, um, so so yeah it's, I think I'm still recovering from it really um I don't I still almost don't quite know how to to talk about it it, mm. it all made itself you know it was very out of body experience um making the work for that show and i, I wouldn't recommend uh, making a show whilst you're uh, caring for your dad who's dying of cancer it's, it's really not ideal conditions mm. um and so kind of difficult to edit um because you know i was, I was working up to the wire yeah, because okay. of the time frame was was reduced because of what i was going through so so yeah <laughs> maybe one day I'll be able to look yeah. back at that but it but it's been a weird year since then because um I think you know I've, I've talked about reacting against the body of work that came before mm. I mean this this stuff thank god quite a lot of it went out into the world after the show but 
um, yeah, I found it really difficult. I'd started uh, developing, I guess, a, a, a language with some of the forms that mm. that were in the paintings, but I just couldn't continue with it. I, I couldn't look at the work afterwards, and it was very difficult to carry on painting because it all had quite a heavy connotation. I found it quite difficult to get back into the studio after after that. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um was is working collaboratively something that you'd like to do again do you think yeah definitely i mean um a really a real positive that came out of that show was working with the ballet boys um who did performances during that show um and i found that to be really enriching um and i I've been chatting to a, uh, a fashion designer recently about wearable paintings. You know, I'm, I'm really keen mm. for the work to kind of have legs and go out into the world in different ways. Um, and I think, I think, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm five, is it five years out of the RCA? And I think the, the longer that you work as a painter, the more you have to deal with isolation. Um, and I think I really got off on it for a while. I really, really enjoyed uh, the space of the studio and um, and, get, and almost going through the pain barrier of isolation. I don't know if you if you feel that sometimes. Um, I mean, I think that's why it's such a challenge to talk about work sometimes because you can you can not be seeing anyone for well, I can and yeah. definitely not see anyone for for weeks on end, mm. and then. I remember once having a meeting with your curator, thinking, "Fuck, I can't remember how to how to talk," you know, because <laughs> you've gone down this painting wormhole. Mm. Um, but so, so yeah, collaboration. I, I'm, I'm, I can get very excited about that idea. I, I mean, it, it's it was such a relief to get into City and Gills and start using their workshops. Mm. Um, you know, I was working just before, it was so frustrating, just before we all locked down, I just got into the glass workshop there oh, no. and um, and the print workshop and it just felt like such a relief to be you know, around other creatives and um, bounce off, off different materials. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the many things that I, that I thought that show did... Um, was that it kind of asked an audience to readdress their relationship. They, they might have tied to visual artwork and, and, and to music and maybe what, what you know, the, the possibilities that collaboration can, can give you. And, kind of, and maybe as, re, as a result of that, breaking down those, well, some supposed rules that we might have of how we should conduct ourselves in the, within a gallery space and how we can, might be able to engage with artwork in a physical sense. Um, would yeah. you kind of, would you agree with that? No, totally. I mean, I think it it, it was leaning to try to push that a little bit more mm. um, when we first started developing the exhibition. But yeah, with 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 death in the mix, it, it, yeah. it became much more yeah. quiet. But but absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was also a difficult space for a painting show. I mean, I actually looked at Elephant West as a bit of a project space. Mm. Um, and it put the, took the pressure off me a little bit. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think I think I'm really interested in just 
trying things out and putting them out in the world and seeing what happens. Mm. Uh, I had someone round to my studio not too long ago and they said, oh my God, you know, this work is 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 quite vulnerable. And mm. I, I don't know if that was, if I was to take that to mean, you know, not quite developed or, you know, I'm, I'm really keen to put things out before they're, ready you know I'm not one of those painters mm. that need, really wants to edit and wants to you know have their their back catalogue to be you know exactly how they imagine I, yeah. I kind of want to just test the waters and prod a little bit and see what happens if I do this and see what happens if I do that mm. um, yeah I think I, I need to learn from my mistakes <laughs> I make a lot of them, but that's okay. Yeah, no, it is okay. It is okay. Um, and talking about kind of things that are unrestricted, I I found I I find your titles to be quite unrestricted in in a lot of ways. In the fact that they can reference emotions, maybe musical terms, mystical creatures. Um, how do your how do you title your work, and how do, how do those how do they how do they come about? Um. Again, you know, it's so weird talking about this stuff because um, everything is almost quite out of body. I think mm. sometimes when I'm making a painting, a word will come to me or a phrase and it will just keep going round and round in my head and it will title itself. It's like, oh, right, that's the title. Mm. Um, or it might be to do with uh, books I'm reading or, um, you know, I think I, I think in a, in a weird way I'm I'm doing this kind of mad research that I don't really keep track of. I, mm. I mean, I really wish I was one of these people that would catalogue things and, you know, like I say, learn from my mistakes yeah. and stop making the same ones. You know, it's, 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 it's maddening. but um, And it's, it's kind of comedy because, you know, you keep thinking you're, you're, you're getting somewhere new and you're like, oh, my God, I've just done exactly the same thing <laughs> as I've done. You know, just remaking the same painting in different ways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was, for example, when I was putting muscle memories together, I was spending an awful lot of time in the Natural History Museum. So, um, and I think, you know, I was dealing with grief before it had even happened and, mm. you know, certain things were just resonating. Um, you know, I went, I think there was a really fantastic show about whales on at the time and, um, and I was just fascinated by phonic lips you know, um, and that made sense because, you know, it's communication without words and through sound. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it can, it can be an all matter of, uh, matter of ways that it gets titled. Mm -hmm. But I know I find titles difficult. They just kind of happen. And, and I think it's all still part of that idea of putting things together and seeing, seeing what happens rather than agonizing over mm. the intellectual um, implications of, of things. I, I quite like to just put a set of scenarios together and, and let the audience deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a healthy position to hold for sure. <laughs> well, that's good because it's the only one that you can do. <laughs> So um, what what were you planning on, um, you say you had this residency at City and Guilds, which has been kind of abruptly cut short, but um, what were your plans for the, for work being made there? Um, and... 
yeah, how is that? Um, how is it going? Well, we literally just started, and oh. I was so grateful to be given it. Actually, it, was, mm. it came at such a, a, a needed time, um, and yeah, it, was, it felt a really welcoming place to be. Um, my proposal was to kind of look at an area, I guess, to look at my background. Um, it's something that I've been kicking against for a long time, mm. and um, and some of the kind of artistic influences that are, are present in my work that I've kind of been rejecting, um, <laughs> but I think I can't reject it any longer. Um, so again, I think you know, quite a personal approach. Mm. I was quite uh, honest with the the fact that you know I'd struggled quite a lot with grief and uh, needed a different place to to work. And um, and so so yeah, the plan was to work with glass, but again, you know, it's it's a working art college, so you can only get into the studios in and around the students. So you have to be quite mindful of that. Yeah. But it, you know, it came at a time when I when I really needed it, and just sitting in the library felt like a relief. You know, it's like oh, brilliant! So I need to kind of feed feed myself um, and start to remember what I'm interested in. Mm. Um, so I ended up in the print room because the glass workshop was was getting overrun with students needing to use um, the equipment. And I only had one day in the in the print room before it all shut, but it really got my juices going. Mm. Um, so with any luck, fingers crossed, we can get back in there once everything reopens again, if it ever does. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's 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 really useful to to have lots of plates spinning when you're making work. Mm. I think for for the last I don't know six or seven years, it felt really really important to try and get to grips with painting mm. and um, have a bit more control over that area. But now I think it, I need to start thinking about writing and talking and mm. um, using different kind of processes um, so that the, the painting can develop. Mm. Yeah. What kind of forms does your writing take? Are, are there, is it of like reflective text on, on, on the work or is it more kind of, you know, abstract poetry or something? <laughs> I well, haven't done it enough um, to actually really know what my mm. voice is. I mean, it's same way as I haven't really spoken in public enough to mm. to really know what my voice is like. Um, and I think that that worries me a bit. I mean, I found I found the um, the dissertation at the Royal College to be again another really fantastic thing to explore. Mm. But again, but. <laughs> I mean, typically, I took a very emotional approach to it, mm. and um, it was quite creative writing. Mm. Um, and I guess physical, and with a lot of reference to the body and sensation. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I, I'm actually being invited onto this podcast made me realise that this is a muscle I really need to develop. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it is hard. It is hard. I mean, I when I um, had to do artist talks, uh, the few times I've done them straight out of uh, the Royal College, I used to 
use actors to be me mm. uh, and actually use the artist talk as a performative space. Mm. And, and I kind of really enjoyed flirting with that. Mm. Um, yeah. Where do you think, it, where do you think that, that fear comes from? It's something that I think about a lot, but where, and I, I don't really have an answer, I don't think, but where do you think that fear of, yeah, speaking and comes from? Childhood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think I was such a shy child, um, so painfully shy. But also, you know, I think it also comes from probably overthinking things, um, being a perfectionist in lots of ways, um, you know, you know, once once you've said something and it's recorded or written down, mm. you know, that's it's too solid. Like I want to be able to shape shift and change my mind. Mm. And um, although you know, recently I've been thinking that actually you don't really know what you think until you speak it. Yeah. And and I think I've actually spent way too long um, being very being on my own, you know, as a single parent, but also as a painter. You know, it's like coronavirus lockdown, no problem. Yeah, I've, I've been doing this for, for a long time. Uh, but but actually, it's you know, it feels like a, a weak spot. It feels like I if I if I if I need to, if I need to know what I'm thinking, I need to speak it. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a yeah something that's a hangover from from childhood, and you know nobody wants to be judged, do they? No, um, no, it's horrible. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think Royal College. I really felt for the younger people on the course because yeah, it's really really tricky to be in that seminar room and uh, and speaking out. Yeah, you've got to go of the ego, haven't you? It's uh, yeah really important. Yeah, true. True, and it's a lesson I think in like being held accountable as well for 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 everything, <laughs> for everything that you make and everything that you say. Um, it's quite a daunting prospect, I I, know, I think, when when you're faced with that for the first time. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think we're kind of nearing the end of our chat, and unfortunately, um, there we go. <laughs> um, and as you may or may not know. Um, towards the end, um, I ask all of our guests two questions. Um, so if you're ready, the first, the first question is, um, if you could swap seats with me um, and kind of visit any artist or person in, in history, um, who might you like to visit and what would you want to ask them? Yeah, I knew these were coming. <laughs> they're, hard. they're hard even when you know they're coming. <laughs> Yeah, because um, again, I probably overthink everything, and <laughs> I think there's so many people that you'd like to meet, but would mm. probably be disappointed by. Yeah. So you have to think who who would I like to hang out with? Who would be fun? Um, so yeah, there's there's a, a list of those kind of people, but at the moment, I think. I don't know. It's hard. I, I'd like to be like like I, I was excited about the idea of going into an art college again at City and Girls. So I was thinking maybe it'd be nice just to have a few days in the Bauhaus or wow. Black Mountain College. Mm. But then 
you know, it also would be quite nice to talk to someone who's operating today. Um, and I've always been really, really drawn to American artists like Chris Martin and Mary mm. Harmon and Catherine Bradford and um, Carol Durham. I, I'm such a fan of his. I think yeah. he's, he's such a fantastic painter and thinker and writer. So maybe, maybe him, maybe Carol Durham. Um, but yeah, I'd like to get to America. Everything seems so much more possible and fun mm. and light. I need to get out of London. Yeah, have, have, have you ever been there? To America? Yeah, have you ever been to America? Yeah. Um, only New York. I'd love to get to the West Coast. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've not been able to do many residencies because I've got a teenager and yeah. uh, always feel really like I can't leave him. But I guess I've only got a couple of years left. And then yeah. I'm heading to America, guys. <laughs> oh, well. well, this could be your opportunity to put out feelers for a studio swap, maybe, for a few months. Oh, I'd love that. But it looks like we're all in lockdown forever and oh, ever. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it won't be forever. It won't be forever. <laughs> <laughs> and the second question I ask everyone is, um, has there been um, a piece of advice or something that someone said to you um, that has kind of carried through with you um, in your practice, in your work, or in your life? Um, yeah, at um, the Royal College, one of the tutors said, stop making things difficult for yourself. Um, why don't you make a drawing that you can work from rather than thrashing it out on the canvas? Mm. And that was good advice. Um, but I never do approach, you know, paintings in the same way. Sometimes you just, it just doesn't work working from a drawing, does it? You just don't have mm. the energy. Um, but sometimes it does work. But at least that opened up me, you know, thinking of doing that, of, of, of approaching paintings in different ways. And mm. keep a nice, tidy palette. That's really good. Not all painters do that. Yeah, that's okay. I like a nice clean palette. <laughs> um, what about, I don't know, I mean, all the kind of bumper sticker uh, mm. motivational stuff, like just do it and have fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's got to, you've got to have some fun, haven't you? It's, mm. it's yeah, a, bit of a I think, yeah. thing, but you have to remind yourself to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Are there are, are there ways that you that you remind yourself to do that? Do, do you often do you get bogged down by making art much? Yeah, does it get, oh get too serious? Don't you? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> all the time. I'm like totally Doctor Strange love, like arm wrestling myself. Mm. Like yeah, yeah. It's uh, but that's part of it, isn't it? You need to feel all the feelings. Like I, I have the best time on my own feeling all the feelings i mean yeah. i i can be dancing and crying in the studio at the same time it's uh, <laughs> yeah, all a bit much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and and lastly is there anything um that you'd like to plug or let anyone know about um or if you've got anything coming up after after lockdown <laughs> after lockdown forever and ever um, <laughs> What have I got coming up? So, yeah, the, the residency, mm -hmm. um, there was meant to be a group show that's gone quite quiet because of all of this at Hester Coombs um, in Taunton. 
Um, I had a residency in the summer that was organised by uh, Jo from the Ingram Collection. Um, she's been amazingly supportive, so plug her. Um, and I was meant to be having a show end of the year in Amsterdam in a new gallery. Um, a two-hander show, me and Ansel Crute. Oh, amazing. And um, with a really fantastic curator involved, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, because that's great. They're all brilliant people. And, and my motto in life is only work with really brilliant people mm -hmm. that you really like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've got that coming up. and That's so exciting. Yeah. If it ever happens. It yeah. will happen. No, yeah. that, that will happen. End of the year. End of the year is... I'm so superstitious anyway. I hate... I never invite anyone to my show oh. until an hour before it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're because the I only one. It's going to happen. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm shy. And I have to go and sit in the toilet so that I'm not <laughs> in the space while it's all going on. <laughs> Well, now everyone knows where to find you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for, for giving me your afternoon. It's been so, so nice learning about well, more about you and your practice. It's been great. Yeah, really, really nice to be invited. I probably witted on far too long. And um, <laughs> that's basically system, it's symptomatic of uh, not talking enough generally. So. <laughs> Sorry if it was garbled. <laughs> it wasn't garbled. It wasn't garbled. That was great. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, cool. Anna. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please find more information about what was discussed in the podcast in the notes section. And if you like what you heard and would like to keep up to date with new episodes, um, then please subscribe or follow us depending on which listening platform you use. And head over to our Instagram page, at to the studio, which we regularly update with posts about each guest we have and all other goings on as well. To the studio is produced by the audio wizard and all-round great guy that is Theo Bird. And I would thoroughly recommend getting in touch with him for all your audio needs. On Instagram, he is Bird Person. Bird is spelt B-Y-R-D, person. Also, if you can spare a moment to leave us a lovely review, and that would help us out a lot, and it allows us to reach a few more ears than we are currently. And lastly, if you've got any suggestions or opinions you wish to share with us, then please feel free to do so on any of our social media platforms, or send us over an email. Our details are again in um, the notes section of each episode of the podcast well thanks very much again for listening and we'll see you next time